So go ahead and applaud the Lord. We're going to go to Colossians chapter 3. And yes, we have VBS, uh, I guess you could call it VBS hangover. Uh, we danced and we sung and we sung and we danced and uh, I don't know if we got any better. Uh, I didn't know if I got any better at dancing my wife and her pile of professional praisers did great. Um, be thinking about um, the things that are going on in the church here because they're not going on in all the churches across America. We're going to pray for them and hope they get on board. There's a lot going on, and we're going to cover them. Um, so if you're looking for a flowery message, you're at the wrong service. This one here is just kind of uh, just kind of real. But there's a couple announcements. Uh, so Monday for the guys, the garage, 6.30 here, food, testimonies, the word, fellowship, uh, Randy the barber, and Pastor Mark. Uh, August 6th is Bevo Day. Say that with me, Bevo Day. So if we are uh, staffers have some of those flyers, you guys can hand them out now. I'm not going to give it all away because I'm going to have Brad Cottrell close and He's the president of the Travelers. He'll tell you all about it. Uh, he's going to close you in prayer. So stay around. I know everybody loves Bevo. That goes without question. Uh, but I don't want to tell all of it. Um, and um, he will at the end of the service. And then if you open up your bulletin, grab that, you'll find out that our right for Rocky is creeping up on us quickly. August the 20th, it's going to be smoking. We got uh, people that have already uh, dropped off a lot of fundraisers. It's uh, going to be awesome. So... Colossians 3.20, here we is. Uh, children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. I'll say it one more time. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. I found out that children that obey their parents, their parents are probably obeying the Lord. Um, I, I'm just kind of throwing it out there. And, and uh, I know when... The Apostle Paul's addressing the church in Colossae. He's given them, um, he's given them new rules for living. Say that with me. New rules. It's we can always get better at living. And the way you get better is by reading the book. There's not like something, a self-help book that has been wrote that's gonna help you and I live any better. It'll be the, the word of God. Amen. Um, so go on up to about 15 in chapter 3, and we'll, we'll read really what, the, what, it, what he's talking about here. He's talking about the Word. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And we kind of have been doing that all week long, and singing and dancing and at VBS and the kids and the grown-ups and the teaching and all that kind of stuff. And you, when you do all that, not because... God likes activity, but when you seek him and you seek him with all your heart, something supernatural happens in the supernatural. You take your natural, mix it with God's supernatural, and you end up with this, this wonderful explosion here of, of blessing. Um, and with thankfulness in your hearts uh, to God, verse 17, and whatever you do in word or deed and everything, uh, in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So this is the word of the Lord. Amen. Amen. 
And when I get ready to pray, I'm going to pray over the offering. I'm going to pray the, the, the next two verses here uh, so you can follow me in, in this prayer. So, Father God, we look on, upon the, the verses 18, 19, and 20 as, as the, a prayer for a family unit. Wives, Father God, you've told us this, to have them submit to their husbands as it is fitting into the Lord. Husbands are to love our wives and not to be harsh with them. And then again, Lord God, that our children would obey our parents and everything, for it pleases you. And ultimately, Lord God, we know that that is our one true goal, is to please you and quit trying to please people. So, Father God, we lift this this offering up to you, we lift this service up to you, we lift the teaching up to you, and ask, Lord God, that you deposit your Holy Spirit in the sanctuary and the sanctuary of all the hearts who are gathered here today. And we pray this in thy name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So let's applaud the Lord. Let the basket come by. And everybody take a drink. Hallelujah. Um, so I'm going to do a recap on what the men taught in the adult Bible study. And it was actually the theme that ran throughout VBS. There's the, there's the teaching of the sower. There's the teaching of the talents. Uh, there's the teaching of the Good Samaritan. And then uh, the next one is the, uh, what I'm going to preach on is the, the sheep, the coin, and the prodigal son. And that will be in Luke chapter 15. So you can cue your Bibles up and just kind of wait there and I'll, I'll bring you the message and like I said, and when we get ready to close, I just want everybody to kind of be thinking about the Lord and be thinking about Bevo, and, and Brother Brad will close us in prayer and tell you about Bevo Day and all that stuff. It's going to be a wonderful service, so if your friends didn't make it, text them and tell them we're on live stream, and then that, that way they won't miss a thing. Amen? So back to Luke chapter 8, verses 4 through 5. Uh, and I probably won't do it the justice Mike Berger did. He spent some time on it and talked about the sower. The sower is someone who sows seed. They sow seed. Um, and sometimes you know people who sow good seed, and sometimes you know people who sow bad seed. God wants you to sow your seed uh, in, into, into the world out there, into his kingdom. Um, and we, we found out that these sowers were sowing seed, and some of it fell on rocky places, and, and, and some of it fell on the soil, and, and they allowed the cares and concerns of the world to choke out the seed. Amen? So those are the, those are the two teachings thus far. The next group of, of seed that was sown fell on good soil. Say that with me, good soil. That's, that's people, Pastor Jay, who are ready to hear the word, that their hearts are conditioned, they're ready to, uh, they're ready to receive. They got up, they got here, they, they left their, say this with me, they left their attitudes at home. You can't, you can't walk in here with your, with your arms folded or rolling your eyes and go, you know what, man, I don't plan on getting anything out of this dang service. You, you probably won't then. You probably won't, and I've been to that service before because, you know, sometimes we think we know more than God does. And God needs to somehow know about your bad attitude. Well, he already knows about your bad attitude. He's just waiting to see. So I'm talking about seed, but in order for the seed to grow, it takes water. Say that with me, water. 
and that's just a fact, Jack. And if you haven't heard, we're in a drought in America. All over. This is a, I'm talking about a physical drought, and you'll find out that the spiritual is always connected to the physical. The spirit, say it with me, the spiritual is connected to the physical. You can't, it's hard to pull them apart. So all over, whether it's in the south or up here or whatever, we need some more rain. So all droughts are affiliated in some form or fashion with judgment. Whether you believe it or not, and, and I know some kids here today believe that we ain't going to have a drought because I can go to the store and buy all the bottled Fiji water that I need. Or whatever it is, smart water you drink. The only thing smart about smart water is some smart guy invented. Can I keep preaching? I will. So the, the smart, we got all the, and, and, and it has to do because God said sometimes, whether you read Romans 1 or you read Luke 8, they, God ends up turning these people over to a reprobate mind. Reprobate mind is when you have no moral compass and you think everything's fair game. Everything may be fair game or free will, but it doesn't work in the kingdom of God. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about drought, can I? Listen, here's the deal. Drought is here for one reason or another, and I know we believe, and there's societies that are going on right now in states in the United States that believe they're going to take this water from here, and they're going to pump it into up here. And, and, and what we try to do, Lisa, is not only control God, but control God's waterways. We've squeezed it, we've pinched it, we've dammed it, and we want to know why we have floods. We've built levees and we've sandbagged and everything. Let me tell you something, church. When God calls down the rain, you can't put enough sandbags in a place that, that he wants to flood. Let me tell you something. He's flooding places because he's trying to wipe it out. And he calls down a drought when he's trying to get everybody's attention. And let me tell you something. Man may try to control God's waterways, but here's the problem. If God doesn't let it rain, there ain't going to be no waterways for you to try to control. Am I talking straight yet? You can come out to my farm and see where my livestock drank and the, and the pond is down three foot, not three inches. They're selling cattle down south in record numbers. And you go, well, that's great. Beef's cheap right now. Well, there ain't going to be no beef next winter. Nobody thinks about all this stuff. God, we need God. We need to repent and ask God to send some rain, not just in Missouri, but down in Texas and down where all the ranchers are doing it right. Animals and people need, need water, and you know that if you lived in 103-degree temperature yesterday. We're scared to death to go outside without our smart water. I just, if it was true, I, somebody give me a bottle, I just want to hold on to it. And by reverse osmosis, maybe some will. Amen. I'm going to just preach the whole truth today. Uh, I, I, I'm, I, and I never worry because I'm, I'm, 
in God's kingdom. I'm one of his children. But I, I want the world to know today that God's in charge of the rain coming out of the sky or, or what comes up out of the ground. So you may be able to move water, haul water, pump water upstream and all that kind of stuff. But if it doesn't come out of the sky, there won't be any more. I'm going to move on to the story of the talents. And B.C. talked about it. And nobody can do it like B.C. I'll guarantee that. And he talked about the talent. We talked about the five-talent guy. We talked about the two-talent guy. We talked about the one-talent guy. We'll talk about the five-talent guy because it's easier and a little more soothing to the ears. We like talking about five-talent guys, don't we? Five-talent guy, you give him a job, whatever it is, construction or data, whatever. I'll just, since I live in a world of like construction type thing or uh, agriculture, we'll give the, the five-talent guy, we'll just tell him, Here's, here, we need the truck gassed up, the oil changed, and the blade sharpened on the mowers. That's not a problem. He gets up early. He goes to the... Uh, uh, he goes and gets the oil changed. He gets it all gassed up. The blades are sharpened, and they're not only ready to go today, but they're ready to go tomorrow. Amen? And the two talent guys just, uh, just kind of like him, but he's still in the apprenticeship program. You ever had anybody in the apprenticeship program? That means they want to learn. They just, they're not a journeyman yet. And ask me to tell you about the one talent guy. Do you really want to know about the one talent guy? Okay. You tell him to go... take the truck to get it gassed up and oil change. First thing he's going to do is get pulled over. <laughs> and your name's going to be on the side of the truck. Yeah. Or he'll run out of gas because he didn't. He did something backwards. And then you got to get a tow truck and tow the whole mess over. And the blades didn't get sharp because he couldn't find the sockets. You know what sockets are? Sockets are tools. I see. I want to say something because it was the funniest thing I ever seen. Uh, it's on Highway 70, and it's in the westbound lanes. I think it's in St. Charles. It's from Rankin Technical College, and no, it's not my college. <laughs> Although now I believe I probably ought to open one, but that's nonetheless. On there it says, "Get a degree, get a job." What a concept! I just, I'm just reading. I, I thought, man, that sounds like something I should have put up. I guess I'm not drinking enough. Is this smart water you guys gave me? Can I move on to the next story? <laughs> I'm going to talk about the Samaritan. So the Samaritan, so we know the Samaritan. Nobody likes anybody from Samaria. And, and, and we do that with political parties, and we do it with the, we got everybody categorized. We don't like them. And after generation after generation goes down, it could be two generations, three generations, four. Dr. D, it doesn't matter. We just don't like them. Why don't we like these people, Dad? Uh, I don't know. We just don't like them. But all the rest of the people passed by the guy that was in the ditch. He was bleeding. And uh, had blood coming out of him. And, uh, you know, the, the priest and the religious leaders, they all, they all walk past him. And I, I think sometimes when we get ready to go to church with our, with our religious clothes that we have on, we don't want to get anything dirty. Amen? I don't even like my hair blowing around too much because I... So we don't want to help anybody on the way. And God says that those are the people that we're supposed to help. 
even on the way to church and maybe even bringing them to church. What the heck? So where do we learn the lesson? We learn a lesson from the, the people who are supposedly despised the most, the Samaritans. So not only does the Samaritan stop when everybody passes him by, God uses him as an example to pick him up, heal his wounds, get him a hotel. No, get him on his donkey, get him a hotel, pay for the hotel. And then if he runs up the bill while he's there, like using the phone or something, put that on my account too. And, and, and I thought about that, and I said, well, man, that story kind of reminds me of Jesus. And if I'm ringing somebody's bell, you can talk back to me. Jesus said, you know something, God? When these people are out there, the Smiths and the Jones and the Rankins, and they're out there sinning like the devil, put that on my account. And, and if they're staying someplace and they run up the phone bill, put that on my account too. Because I have an ever-ending supply of mercy and grace for all my children. Can I get a witness? Oh, now we got to go into the teaching of, of the sheep, the coin, and the boy. So turn with me into Luke 15. And if you've heard this story before, just tell me amen. amen. Now say it like you mean it, amen. Amen. And then in your spirit, just kind of mumble around. I've already heard this before, so it probably won't do me any good. But here's the deal. Listen anyways. 1511. And he said there was, so this is Jesus speaking. If you have a red letter edition, this is what he says. And I'll go on about it just a little bit. Um, well, I'll tell you what. No, let's go back to 151. 15.1. Start talking about the sheep. Uh, now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to him, and the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled and said, This man receives sinners and eats with them. And he told this parable, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he founds it? So that means God is really concerned about that one that didn't get here or the one that's not in the kingdom. And I thought about that when all these kids were here at VBS and I give the altar call every night, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night. See, here's the deal. People send their kids all the time here to VBS. And I know sometimes people get annoyed with the altar call and everything, but you wouldn't be annoyed if your kid got sent here on Tuesday or Monday or anything. You go, I, I hope he gave an altar call on Monday because I sent my kid there. Amen? It's that one. Say it with me. It's that one. And they're all sitting in the chair, and they all squirm around a little bit. But I still preach to them anyways. And whether they're listening or not, that'll be between them and God. It won't be between you and God. And whether they really accept Jesus won't be between you. Won't be between you. It'll be between them and God. So can I keep preaching regardless of how old they are? I'm going to. So he leaves the 99 in the open country. He goes after the one that is lost until he founds it, uh, till, uh, finds it. And when he found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. When he comes back home, he calls his friend and his neighbors and saying, Rejoice with me. I have found my sheep that was lost. Just I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner. Say that with me. One sinner who repents than 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. So this is the word of the Lord. Amen. 
So everybody shouts when somebody gets saved, regardless of the age, because another soul snatched uh, from the clutches of the devil. Now, you'll relate to the one about the lost coin because it's about a woman who has 10 coins and she loses one. I'm going to kind of paraphrase a little bit. And it says she diligently seeks to find this coin. And I told you before, I, I kind of related this to one time that I was at McDonald's. I was at McDonald's. We had a deacon meeting down there at McDonald's. Did I ever tell you about that? And God tells me stuff probably just, I'm funny because that's how I relate. And I seen a napkin that a guy dropped. And it, you ever seen how a napkin kind of just falls off the table and they just kind of take their time getting down the woo? And then somebody kind of like slide it under there. And I, and I was like, God's like, hey, man, I want you to uh, go pick it up. Pick it up. What do you mean? Pick up the napkin. I was like, God, I'm not real flexible anymore. <laughs> Did you ever do that? You can give him an excuse. And I thought, man, it's, that's pretty awkward. I'll be bending down. And what happens if I get a Charlie horse when I'm down there? You ever do that? You get somewhere and you're it's kind of embarrassing. You're like, man, that's a. Well, I didn't pick it up. And God taught me through the through the days after a, a lesson on obedience. And uh, what I'm getting at is being diligent for that lost coin. So maybe you can relate to it this way. I. You ever take off your wedding ring and, and like when you're getting ready to wash your hands, sometimes if you got jewelry on, you're like, I'm going to take it off and like set it here. And, and then you're, I'm, you know, like when I'm washing my hands in my office, I set it there on the counter and I'm thinking, is there, I knock things over all the time. So I worry about if I would knock that off and it would like go in the drain and old deal. I'm like, is there any way I could knock that thing off and knock it in the uh, sink? Then I'd have to call a plumber because I'd call the plumber before I told my wife about it. I would diligently try to get the wedding ring out of the pipe before. Well, maybe that doesn't relate to you. Maybe this one here. No. No, my phone. I think my phone's in my phone. Somebody call my No, no, I'm going to come down here where you live. Well, I left. I left the house. Pastor Mark and I don't have my phone. Kids, go out to the truck. Hey, uh, we got to turn around. Say it with me. We got to turn around. All the whole family could be driving down the highway. And we can't, woo, can't leave without that rascal. Say diligent. Oh, especially if it's a brand new one. I'm making payments on it. <laughs> you ever notice like when you get your kid one finally, you, you break down, they've broke you down. Your phones are like, if you haven't bought one in a while, moms and dads, they're like 800. And they don't have a phone case on it. Do this with me. <laughs> we diligently are seeking a phone case. As a matter of fact, it's almost a written law. The staff won't let me leave here. They had ever ordered, I think I've had like two phones or maybe three. They're like, when, the, when my new phone gets shipped here to the church, you're like, don't tell them it's here. 
because he won't have a case on it yet, and they'll be freaked out that I could. I remember I'm the guy that drops things, and it could end up breaking. Don't tell them it's here. So they get me the indestructible one. It's made by Caterpillar. You can run over it. I'm just telling you a true story. But I'm, what I'm trying to get you to do is picture being diligent to find the cell phone. Whatever it takes, you'll drive back, you'll turn around, you'll put a tracker on it, you'll put a case on it, you'll do all kinds of things. You'll do whatever it takes to make sure you got your cell phone. Boy, you go that extra mile to make sure somebody gets saved if they need to be saved. Say diligent with me. Now we're going to move into the story today about the prodigal. Prodigal just means reckless. If you know who they are, say amen. They're in your family. Just listen. Listen to this. And there's two parts to this that I never never preached on, but the second part is, is juicy, Steve. There was a man who had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me. I've preached on it before. Those words just don't flow off the tongue real well if you're a daddy. Amen? Dad, give me. I can be honest with you. I've told you before. I've never said that to my dad. He says, the share of property that is coming to me. I can already tell right now that the boy's spoiled. Say it with me, spoiled. Here's the deal. The boy doesn't own anything, and he doesn't deserve anything. And the other thing is it's not his property. It's his daddy's because the boy doesn't have a job, J-O-B. Well, he whines enough. He's a brat. I just call him Johnny Rotten. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had. Say it with me. He gathered all he said because he knows better. He knows better than dad. He got all this, you know, because his daddy's a hard worker. He gets all this wonderful lifestyle, so he thinks that the the wonderful lifestyle is just going to continue because he's 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 the chosen child. He's got all the name brand stuff. So he moves into a far country, and there, well, I'll be a son of a gun. Guess what this kid does with his inheritance? Same thing that happens with people winning the lottery. There's just certain people shouldn't have money. I mean, the rich people have it, but thank God rich people have it because they employ a lot of people. I'll wait for an applause on that. Here's the deal, and uh, it's been working for hundreds and hundreds of years. It's called capitalism. So don't frown on rich people. They employ a lot of people. I'm trying to make a message here, so if you don't see it, ask me. I'll help you with it. So they move into a faraway country. He squandered his property in reckless living, and when he has spent everything, oh, my goodness gracious, the golden goose flew away, and the checks aren't coming in the mail anymore. A severe famine arose in the country. Somebody asked me about a famine. I'll tell you about a famine. A famine's where everything starts to go to hell and the hogs eat it. The famine is, is where they don't have any food. They have, they have drought, and it seems like every place Johnny Rotten goes, there's a famine that comes up in that country. 
the famine. Famine is like a disease wherever it goes. It, it blights the neighborhood and it blights the families. And when he sucks the family dry, when he gets done with all those resources, then he moves on to the next family. Because that's all Johnny Rotten knows is to take, 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 take. And we need to change that thinking here in America, and it needs to start in this church right now. You don't need to come to church and find out what it can do for you. You need to figure out what you can bring to the church. Well, I can't even imagine being a servant. Well, if if you want to serve God, you'll have to be a servant. So a famine arose in the country, and it began... And he began to be in need. Can you believe that? He began to be in need. uh, And he just left the place of wealth. So he went and he hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into the field to feed the pigs. Boy, things are just getting worse, aren't they? And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. So he went from eating filet mignon to sitting in the uh, pig pen eating the slop that the hogs are eating. Verse 17, some of the greatest words in the Bible come up right here. But when he, what is it, when he, say it with me louder, when he, one more time, when he, that means you had a recollection, you had an awakening that what I'm doing right now is not right. I've went from living in the house where I have maids and butlers and get to drive anything I want to drive to where I'm in the pig pen eating, slapping with the hogs. Boy, what what a great distance, Chris, we fell in America where we feel like somebody owes us something. And I'll cover that before you leave today. You know, I was in uh, uh, VBS and then... Sandra Maxwell's dad, he's a WW2 vet. He came up to me and he said, you know, he said, man, he said, he said, Pastor, I appreciate what you're preaching. You know, I think he's right at about 90 or so, give or take a year. And he said, I appreciate what you're preaching. He said, people have no idea what's going on out there in, in, in these cities now, how far we have fallen. Matter of fact, you can rise and I'll, I'll, pre- I'll preach the rest of this and Jackie will bring the house lights down and we'll bring the... And he said, he said, down there where I'm from, down in Tennessee, there's a county down there where some of these people have already taken the, the mark of the beast. They got a tattoo on their hand already. That should concern you. Somebody should have said, oh. Pastor Mark, they've talked them into getting the tattoo. And if you read the Bible, you can, uh, Mr. Cope, you're not going to be able to transfer groceries without the mark. How did we get here? where everything has to be done on our phone because that's the way the devil, he likes everything to be controlled under a one-world government through your phone and through electronics. We're going to go, everything's going to go electric, so if things don't go their way, they'll just shut everything off. I've been preaching this for years. This isn't nothing new. It's just finally now where everybody's awake enough where they can start to go, yeah, he, he might be crazy, but at least he's right. Amen. He's crazy, but he's right. He's, he's, t- he's, t- he's telling it all. Oh, thank you, Lord. That's all we talked about all week long was just, I was just going to tell people the truth when they came in. You can do what you want with it. You can try to, Larry, you can try to go outside and, and, and hopefully 
I can sprinkle fairy dust on you and you'll feel a little better when you leave. Is somebody going to come and rescue us from this, from this litany of, of nastiness? Yeah, his name's going to be Jesus. But let me keep preaching on this for just a second. So he comes to himself, and you know the rest of the story. He, he says, Father, I've sinned against you, and I've sinned against heaven. So when you're sinning, you're not sinning. I'm not the judge and the jury. You're sinning against God Almighty, the one who created you. So you can go out and sin like the devil, but you'll uh, be held accountable for it. And then they, and you should put on a, uh, you should slap a robe on his back and a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet and shout that the, that the lost boy finally came home. Amen. You ought to just shout. And let's be honest, mom and dad, grandma and grandpa, you're just happy that they got back home. Because you didn't know where they was. And then when they get there, they might look like something that the cat drug in. But you're just happy they're either there or you finally figured out that they're in prison. Say it with me, prison. Well, at least I know where he is then. You say, Pastor Pat, where else do the, do the young people go who, are, who have these high expectations on living? Well, me and, me and Dr. D do a lot of business together, unfortunately. We bury them all the time at this church, and it's a sad state of affairs. I can look out through the landscape, through the three locations, and see the, just the wreckage that's going on out there. Is he going to get better? Is she going to get better? Not unless they come to Christ. So I got to tell you about the brother here. So they're slapping a... They're slapping a ring on the finger and a robe on the back, and then they got all this going on, and they're dancing and singing in there, and they're, they're doing the moonwalk and the running man and everything. Well, you know, the, the brother, the older brother, he ends up picking up the attitude that the... After a while, if you leave Johnny Rotten sitting in a place, he already caused a famine out there in some country somewhere. You know he already messed up everybody's attitude at his house. You guys probably don't have a family member who just can come in and spoil a good time. They ain't got to be there three seconds. There's going to be a, either a fist fight out back or they don't like the way you made their steak. He, he, oh, hold on for a second. He, he's, he's upset. Who, the older boy? Yeah, he's upset. He's the one that's got the Nike tennis shoes, Dave, and he's got the outfit, and he's got the latest cell phone. He's, and he's mad. And, and I'll paraphrase all this right here. He said, uh, he said, Dad, how come you never made merry with me? How come you didn't kill the fatted calf for me? And how come you didn't put the ring on my finger and, uh, and play the, all the latest, greatest Waylon Jennings songs for me? Did you ever hear that one, Ain't Living Long Like This? That's what happens when you live the way this boy's living. Or there ain't no good chain gang. Well, this boy just get his, his boxers in an uproar in a bunch. And he said, well, why wasn't I? A, how come you didn't do this for me? And, and, and that's kind of the, the, the mood in America right now. How come you didn't do this for me? You need to do this for me. Well, excuse me for just a second. We live in the greatest land there has ever been created. 
just like this boy. The daddy's looking at him. He said, man, you got everything. You got the cell phone. You got the shoes. You go to private school. You got a stable full of horses, all kind of food. You're eating filet mignon. What else do you want? But as human beings, when we get sometimes too much, we get spoiled and don't appreciate what we already have. Well, I'll just remind you before I leave today, God doesn't know you anything or your kids. They don't owe your kids anything either. So what is it that you can get? You can get salvation in Jesus' name. You can get away from the reckless living, and you can get away from the poor old me attitude. Well, there's nothing more unattractive in the whole wide world than somebody having a bad attitude. That Johnny Rotten or Susie Rotten, she can go anywhere and contaminate the place like the plague just by her sour, sour bad attitude or his bad attitude like somebody owes him something up in here. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray for you. I've done this in the last two services. And I did this at Weldon last night. And I, and I prayed a prayer. And I said, Here, here's, here's what I want to pray about. I want to pray for anyone who has come in here today. They've got to be honest, though. Because after I preach it, it's on you. Who came in here and just had just... For, for real, I just had a, a, a dang stinking attitude just just right here. Just come on down. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray that, that God will give you the attitude adjustment through the power of the Holy Spirit. And if you have a, a family member, maybe they're not Johnny or Susie Rotten, but they're getting close to it and they feel like they're entitled to something. You want you want to pray for that child. I guess nobody has kids here. Here's what I do. Pastor Jay, I just have a conference at my house. So if you was living at Pastor Pat's house, we have, we have family conferences. And we just sit around the table till everybody's attitude looks like Christ. Kind of boring, but it's real effective. When I say, oh, we're going to have a family member, a family meeting, Chris, they go, oh, not again, Dad. And now I'm going to ask uh, Brother Brad Cottrell to come up here, and I'm going to ask him to not only close and pray for attitudes and pray for children, but then when he gets done, I'm going to ask him to uh, tell you about uh, August 6th and the, and the Pastor Bevo Day. Amen. So, Brother Brad, come on up here. The lessons that we've learned from you, from not just the good but the bad, that open up our spirit to those blessings, Lord. And we just, uh, again, want to continue to just thank you for having a church that preaches the word, Lord, and, and continue to, to bask in your glory through the Spirit, Lord. And we'll continue to uh, thank you in advance for all the things that you have coming forward. 
into our lives this coming week, this coming year, Lord. So we ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen.